Welcome back, folks, and welcome to episode 10 of Remember, Remember That Time I Got Cancer. I'm your host, Erica, and I frankly can't believe I've made it to episode 10. So I've not gotten through the editing process yet, so maybe I shouldn't count my chickens before they're hatched. I was going to say don't count my podcast before it's edited, but that isn't funnier. Anyways, welcome to episode 10, everybody. 10 feels like a big milestone. I should treat myself to something. Have a little treat myself day. Anyways, let's get to the content because today's content has been one that I've been looking forward to pretty much since I had decided to do this. And that is the subject of my crazy hot gynecologist. Not a joke. He was crazy hot and very much typical blonde hair, blue-eyed, broad shoulders, slightly slightly messy hair, a little bit of disarray, just a tiny bit of stubble, mad, hot gynecologist. Now, it's a bit of a nightmare, to be honest, but also kind of great in the like least creepy way possible because everyone wants to have the attention of a hot guy on them sometimes. It's nice. It certainly could have been more nice, but you know, beggars can't be choosers, especially at a time when I was, I was sort of, had been single for all of my life. Okay, not all of my life. I'd been single through college and through grad school, and now I had the attention of, oh, one of the hottest men I had ever seen, but not the kind of attention I would have wanted. Anyways, let's get into my crazy hot gynecologist. I don't remember his name. To be fair, I don't remember the the names of most of the the medical professionals that that worked with me in England. But I he made an impression. Now, one thing you should know is that uh, at the very least, Lewisham and St. Thomas hospitals are both teaching hospitals. And I was not quite sure at what stage of his education this gynecologist was because it seemed like he was reporting to to a a senior doctor and there also at times were large groups of medical students of some persuasion gathered around me and discussing what was happening that's super fun we'll talk about stuff like grand rounds another time at at any rate this this doctor, this young, hot male gynecologist, also, can I just ask, I get what makes a, a person of any gender want to get into obstetrics. Fine. Baby birthing is a miracle and exciting. I don't quite know what possesses a man to get into gynecology. Particularly when they're not doing when they're not do, when they're not doing OBGYN stuff, they're just doing the the GYN part. Anyways, he was he was at least very very near to being a fully independent doctor person thing, and he would make visits to my ward both with other doctors again both older and younger than him 
or senior and junior to him anyways, but also on his own to give me updates on on tests, on the scheduling of exams, and frequent updates on when when can I go home? I want to go home. I'm not getting good sleep here, and I'm very stressed. I remember the first time I saw him, and he introduced himself as my gynecologist, thinking... Oh my God, please let's not do a pelvic exam. Please let's not do a pelvic exam. I cannot, hear me, I cannot have you poking around down there. You are too attractive and I look like I've been staying in the hospital for several days. And I didn't doubt his professionalism, but I did doubt mine. <laughs> we we discussed a pelvic exam because obviously they knew there was a tumor uh, before they did the CT, they they could not be sure exactly where the tumor was originating, and so he did. He was interested in doing a pelvic exam, and he asked if I had had one done before. And I shared with him what I will share with with all of you uh, in the coming days is that yes, I have had a pelvic exam before, except it was not completed, and I find the concept very traumatic. I'll explain all of that later. I think the trauma of a previous failed pelvic exam, coupled with the fact that I was young and a virgin, dissuaded him from doing a pelvic exam. And to be honest, they were doing so much imaging that it may not have been 100% necessary or 100% helpful in comparison to the imaging. And so the the subject of a pelvic exam was mercifully dropped. But he he continued to stop in. And I'm suddenly realizing this episode is going to be really short because how long can you talk about a hot doctor? But I recall a day where we were waiting on test results. We were waiting on the radiologist to to read either the CT or the MRI. And I was walking from the bathroom to my ward, which was, I mean, all of 10 steps. And the bathroom was one of the few places that I could go during the day. Of course, I went on my walks, but when sitting in the bed just became too boring, I would get up and go to the bathroom or I would get up and I would have a shower because I was... In the hospital, I needed something to do. Sometimes I was showering twice a day for something to do. And let me just tell you, showers in the hospital are not, are like, are like sleeping in a hospital. It's not good sleep. It's not a good shower, but it's something to do. And if you're spending all that time laying in bed, it is just nice to feel clean. Anyways, I step out and he's coming out of the ward. He clearly had just been looking for me because I was his only patient in that ward. And... He did the thing where you see it on TV where a guy like leans their upper arm on the wall, their upper arm, like their, no, their like lower arm, like their, the, the front part of the arm with the hand. They lean that on the wall and they're sort of hovering over, you know, he's got his, his, his lab coat thing thrown back and his hand in his pocket. I'm doing this pose for you, but this is an audio medium. So the pose is meaningless and he's doing this hovering right over me. 
And he's talking about, oh, the radiologist just started the read. We should get results really soon. How are you doing? Is everything going okay? We're still trying to get you to the gynecology ward. Meanwhile, I'm staring up at him. I'm pretty sure I had just showered. And I was clothed because I wasn't walking back to the ward without clothes on. That would be weird. And (laughs) what? I just remember looking up at him being like, I cannot imagine a more uncomfortable moment right now this is horrible I hate it and is there any world in which we move on but also boy you are attractive and you are very close to me right now I just don't know what possessed him to strike that pose he and you know he was the kind of person and he was the kind of attractive that he had to know how attractive he was and I don't mean that he was like douchey or like into himself but No one could be that hot and not know. Anyways. I think the last thing that I I remember about this doctor is that, boy, he wanted my tumor to be benign. He maybe wanted it to be benign more than I did, and I wanted it pretty bad. But... I remember he he came after the MRI results came in, after they'd been read by the radiologist. He came with a team to my ward, to the bedside, and he first used the word teratoma and explained what that meant and that it was a germ cell tumor and went on to explain that these are usually benign. He, over the next few days, he highlighted the fact that these tumors were were benign that I was going to be okay. And he even early on was talking like the surgery could be done laparoscopically. I think the reality is that he didn't want to face the reality that this was not what was about to happen. I think he realized that this patient who he maybe I don't want to say, I don't want to put thoughts in his head or words in his mouth, but I guess I'm gonna because he's not here and I am. And this is my story, gosh darn it. But I, I think that a good doctor feels some sort of responsibility to their patients and a good doctor should feel empathy with their patients. And he was young and may not have known where to draw the line with that empathy. And he did give me hope for something that was never going to happen. And I don't fault him for that. I just remember thinking, oh, man, he really wanted this to not be cancer. And I've often wondered, since I was transitioned from regular gynecology to GYN GYN oncology, I've wondered what he thought at that point. And if he regretted telling me that it was benign and I have never felt an ounce of anger at this person. I think he wanted the best for me and the best would have been not cancer. Um, God love him. He was just a baby. And I guess that's it. I hope he knows that I don't blame him for the cancer diagnosis which came like Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in today. And um, thanks also to Julius H. for this song, Beltane, which I found on 
Pixabay. Also, please remember, I still want to do an Ask Me Anything episode. So if you have any questions, you can send it to my email. That's ericaleeconklin at gmail.com. Erica, E-R-I-C-K-A, Lee, L-E-E, Conklin, C-O-N-K-L-I-N, at gmail.com. Now, before I go, don't forget, support single-payer healthcare, go get your damn vaccines, COVID-19 is real, and thanks to the NHS for supporting my continued existence. See you tomorrow. Tomorrow.